Hey guys, Jody Holland here with Megan Slaughter. And we're going to be talking today about how you attract people into your business to get them to want to work for you. So welcome to the podcast, the Become the Leader podcast. I think you're going to enjoy today's episode. I think you're going to learn a lot from it. So let's get started. So Megan, let me ask you a question as we get started. What is it that would make you want to work for a company versus what would make you not want to work for a company? I think the people and the environment are the most important factors for me as to why I would choose to work for someone. Because ultimately, you're working for a person, not just an organization. Because you can be working for a chain, and the chain can be great, but your manager is terrible, and therefore, you'll have a horrible experience. Or you can work for a chain, and you have a great manager, and you're going to have a great experience. So a lot of times, and I agree with you, a lot of times what we find is people quit people, not companies, but it's also true the other direction, people go to work for people, not just for companies. And so to your point, you could have the, the greatest chain in the, the country and still have one bad manager and their reputation gets out pretty quickly. Uh, there's, there's a number of places online now where employees or potential employees can go take a look at what a company is going to be like and decide, do I really want to go to work for this organization? Places like glassdoor.com started allowing people to evaluate what was it like to work for XYZ Corporation. By doing that, it kind of leveled the playing field. So I know from my perspective, just quick my story, I went to work for a company or an organization straight out of college, and it was about two months in that I thought, there is no way I'm going to make it working for this group of people. But it was really not even a group of people. It was one person. I went to work for them initially because on a logical standpoint, they had good pay and good benefits. But on a negative standpoint, they had this horrible reputation for mistreating people. So two months in, I already knew this is not going to work. And I kind of did some clever maneuvering and ended up getting slightly different position, answering to somebody differently. Uh, to a different person and made it better. But I still think to your point, the reputation of the company and specifically to how they treat their people is what makes you want to be there or not want to be there. Absolutely. And you think about it, each person is a part of the whole. So you think about the pieces on a machine, you all have to work together to work effectively. And so if you're not able to work effectively with another person, it's not only going to hurt you individually, it's also going to hurt the company because it's going to slow productivity and it's going to slow your motivation. Right. And I love the machine analogy because you could have the most perfectly functioning machine until one little cog stops working and then it starts this ripple effect and everything ends up shutting down. And that's a bad manager or a bad supervisor one of the stats that I read a few years back was that 81% of why people quit their job is because of their supervisor or a level above the supervisor. So it's the people they're directly interacting with as leaders in an organization. 81% of why people leave. 10% of why people leave is because of their coworkers. They don't like the people they work side by side with. So now we're at 91% of why people go look for a different job. 9% covers everything else, including money. But how often when people decide they're not going to stay, do they just say, oh, well, they offered me more money? Like that's a, all the time 
kind of excuse. So let's talk about from the attracting great people standpoint, what is it that attracts a person to want to work at a company? We've got the manager piece, but let's say they don't know anything about the managers. They didn't do any research on Glassdoor. What is it that would make you think, man, that'd be a cool place to work? I think it's overlooked all too often that people are very mission focused. They have to have something in their life that is greater than them and they have to feel like they're contributing to society or to the job or to the overall success of themselves. So having this mission that you put out there is really important. So it's important for companies to present themselves in a clear, concise and accurate manner that portrays what they do and why it matters because the why is what's going to draw people in not just the what but the why i 100 percent agree I've, I've heard so many stories over the last 15 years of people making it quote unquote in business and then going that's it it doesn't feel any better than this and they <laughs> they became successful they climbed the ladder they did all the stuff that they thought was the the big american dream and then they realized all they've done is chase the dollar and they don't feel any value in what they've provided. So I think the emotional context of why a person wants to work in an organization really does impact their decision to apply or not apply at the organization. You can be a for-profit organization, but if you have a great mission where you serve a customer and solve a problem, I can't imagine people not wanting to work there. So I, I'm going to piggyback on that and say, can we tell the story of that purpose or mission? A lot of companies have a great mission, horrible at telling the story. So they're like serving people and saving lives and making things better, but then people don't know about it. So I think the second aspect is you got to figure out how you're going to tell the story where the individual thinking about going to work for you puts themselves into that story and says, I could see myself doing that. After reading a description on an application, the potential candidate should automatically know what they're giving into and what the company represents. They shouldn't have to search for it. They should be able to tell from that story exactly who they are, what they hope to accomplish, and how they can contribute. So I think it's really important to recognize that when you're searching for potential candidates, you're trying to draw them into your story. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean that you have to be the main character of that story either because you want them to feel like they have a place there. So in presenting your story, you offer up a role for them that they can imagine themselves as being a part of. And that's what's going to make the impact is if they feel like they are included and that they can make a difference. And so when... When you think about companies that don't explain that, what I see on the job ads are things like must do this, must have this, must, must, must. Nobody wakes up and goes, ooh, I hope I must do something today. You know? Right. And then plus various job tasks as assigned, yeah, right? Other duties it's as assigned. It's 17 pages of you must do this and then potentially more. So thinking about that story loop and then thinking about the mission, you tie those together. What people I think want, and what I heard you say and what I believe as well, is that they want to be a part of a story that makes a difference and they want to know that they're not alone. 
is I, I think the sense of belonging matters. And, and a lot of companies, they hire people and then they just go, good luck. And they <laughs> hope for the best. And they don't really train them on what to do. I mean, they put them in two days of watching videos about sexual harassment and other really boring onboarding stuff. And then they don't teach them to do their job. They go, hey, follow around Jed. He'll take you around and tell you what to do. But they don't have a plan. Right. And that and that need to belong is innate. So everybody has it. Everybody wants to have a community that they're a part of. And we do it even subconsciously. You kind of cultivate your own little group within an organization. So you see it between departments. You see it between different types of people. You gravitate people who are like you and who will make you feel like you belong. And part of that culture that you're trying to develop is that sense of belonging and the sense of making a difference which, like you said, you can't just throw somebody in and say good luck. You have to allocate the proper resources to train them, to get them involved, to build a community. Because although people will naturally gravitate toward other people, you still want to foster an environment in which they can do that easily. So, because that's what's going to keep people around. Yeah, and I think when you do train them and onboard them well, you're building that community. Because we all have shared problems. We just don't always recognize that my problem and your problem are really the same problem. And if we collaborate together, we get it solved. And so to your point with the sense of needing to belong, being an innate desire or something that's built into all humanity, we can train them into connection by putting them with other people, pairing them up with multiple subject matter experts, creating a roadmap for their onboarding and their success that covers that first 90 days. So one of the questions that a lot of young people are asking today is what is your training plan for me? Cause they've had several jobs where they just put them in there and get no training. And then companies are like, Oh, these young people, they never stick around anymore. They're always taking <laughs> off. You're like you put them on a $2 million machine and gave them three minutes of training. What exactly did you think they were going to do? Cause they don't want to ruin a $2 million machine and they don't know if they can trust the, the one guy that came over there or one girl that came over and said, just push these seven buttons in this specific order and nothing blows up. They're not sure that that was very accurate and they're not ready to, to take that on on their own. So I, right. I, I think you got to train people effectively through both onboarding. And then the next piece I think is through what you're going to do to help them grow throughout their career. And I've experienced both sides of that. I've been thrown into the fire on the first day of the job, kind of just fending for myself, trying to figure it out as you go. And there is a benefit of the hands-on learning. However, I tell you this, I would have been much happier and I believe much more successful earlier on if they took the time to properly train me. Now, I, I ended up making some friends because we were hired around the same time and we were both thrown into the fire. And so we clung to each other trying to figure it out as we went. Yeah. And that helped because if I didn't have someone, then I probably would have quit the job within the first week and a half. Yeah. And so say that again, had you not had somebody else sense of belonging or a friend, you probably would have quit in the first week and a half. Absolutely. So but if you had had proper training and that person that started at the same time went to the same training with you, 
pretty good chance both of you would have been even more successful. Now you're driven and I've seen you work. I've seen you just go tackle things, find the book, read the manual, do whatever you needed to do to figure things out. But a lot of people are not. A lot of people are just kind of insecure about, well, I'm not going to go do anything. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. I don't want to get yelled at. And so they kind of hang back. And I, I think that's part of the sense of belonging. So we want to know we're with people and we want to know we have a purpose, but we also want to know we have a future that we're supposed to look forward to. And uh, that's where having a good succession plan or a talent map or, hey, if you do these five things and you master these things, then you get a shot at this next position. I think that's where that comes in. Right. And it's not always easy for us to advocate for ourselves, which is why as the manager, you should just go ahead and prepare them so that they don't feel like they need to advocate for themselves. Now, that's when you can offer times to give and receive feedback, or you can have a suggestion box, or you just have continuous communication and contact with them so that both of you are on the same page, you're aware of what's going on, and you're aware of what you can do better in order to be more successful. Yeah, makes total sense. So thinking about what would keep you from working for an organization. For me, the first thing I would look at is what is the point of this place? You know, is it something where they're driven to make a difference or an impact in the world around them to serve a specific customer and solve a problem? If they don't have that, I don't want to go to go to work there. How about you? What's one thing that keeps you from wanting to go to work somewhere? That makes a lot of sense. And I think that's part of it for me as well. And I think the other part is what is my role in this organization? Because if I feel like I'm not making a difference and that they could just do without me, then I'm less likely to stay. Because what does it matter if I'm gone or if I'm here? Yeah, that's true. So if you don't if you don't have a clear definition of what you're going to do and know that you're going to make a difference, the other thing for me to kind of piggyback off that is if I'm put in a role, but then I'm asked to do everything but that role, then I'm not going to stay. And I had an example of that with a big healthcare group that I worked with in another state, about 1,500 employees. And I got hired to go in and do leadership training and coaching. And on day one, they're like, hey, can you go to this other thing instead? I'm like, okay, yeah, but we need to do the thing that's on the contract. So I went and fixed the other thing. It took a couple of days. I'm like, okay, next month when I'm out here, we need to do what the contract is. And they're like, absolutely, get out there. Hey, can you go to this other thing that has nothing to do with your role? What I found out in month two is it wasn't just me as a contractor that was experiencing that. Every employee, they would be hired for a job and then told to do everything but the job. And then eventually they got evaluated for not doing their job, even though they were never given the opportunity to do their job. So it'll drive people nuts to not have a clear, a clear delineation of what they're supposed to do and then get to do the thing that they applied to go do. In other words, follow through. So right. follow through with what you tell them they should be doing and let them follow through with those tasks. And then also, if you're going to promise something to one of your employees, you have to follow through with that too, because that's something that would drive me crazy in one of my previous jobs, that they would say, we're going to do this and it'll make things so much better for you around here. And then that never happened. Or if you accomplish this, then you'll get a raise. And then that never happened. 
And so it was just these empty promises that I kept thinking, okay, the next time he'll mean it or she'll mean it or whoever it is that's promising these things, right? And then it just led to disappointment if it didn't happen. So follow through on everything that you say that you're going to do. So, yeah. So think of it from the other perspective. If you're an employer and you hire somebody and then they don't follow through on all of the things they say they're going to do, how long till you fire them? Exactly. And you have to bring that up, bring it to their attention, address it, document that you have addressed it and what happened in the meeting. And then if that doesn't get fixed, then you have cause for letting them find another opportunity in a different job. Right. And same thing goes the other direction then. So an employee, if they're asked to do something and then you're a wishy-washy manager who doesn't follow through and doesn't fulfill their commitments, well, guess what? You're getting fired as a boss. Employees fire bosses, bosses fire employees. What we're trying to do is create this perfect relationship where everybody wants to stay. So I would tell you, kind of summarizing where we're at, and you can tell me if we missed anything. I think the first thing you got to understand is you got to understand the reputation that you have within your community. You want to intentionally create a positive reputation for being good to your people and for being a great place to work. Second, I think you got to have a mission. So you want to make sure that your mission is solid, that it matters, that it makes an impact. Uh, third, you got to tell a great corporate story, and that is we serve a customer, we solve a problem, and you get to be a part of that. Because to your point earlier, everybody wants to put themselves in the story, and the story has to make them the hero of the journey that they're on. After that, I think you've got to onboard and then train. That creates a sense of belonging, connection, as well as makes people feel competent or like they're growing and moving forward. And then I think you've got to help them create a plan for their future. I have found that employees want to go someplace where they don't feel like they're going to get a job and be stuck in that job for the next seven years. They want to know if I work hard, if I do what I'm supposed to do, can I move up? That's one of the more commonly asked questions is, what's a growth opportunity and how long should that take? So those are the ones that I've got. What have we missed? I think you covered it, but I was going to say one more thing. It's standard practice to ask for references when hiring somebody. Mm-hmm. It's not standard practice to have references from the candidate to the employer. But if somebody were ever to look into that, you never want to be afraid of what they're going to find. Right. If they're checking in on you, you want them to be able to see the true culture and environment that you have created. And you want that to be something that you're proud of. So it might be an interesting thing to start encouraging, hey, when you apply for a job, when they say, do you have any more questions, the candidate might ask, would it be okay if I talk to three different people in three different departments about what it's like to work here? I I would be curious what they would find out. And I would kind of want to know, does the blood drain out of the face of the interviewer? They're like, (laughs) oh no, they're going to find us out. Or do they go, yeah, absolutely. Talk to anybody you'd like to. Because that, that makes it more of an even playing field. Yeah. And it, it does kind of, it changes the game. Like I said, it makes it an even playing field for the first time. But I, I think when you're attracting people in your ad, I would just say, talk about what people say about working there. Talk about the mission and vision you have and talk about how you train and onboard. 
is part of what we're trying to do is trying to attract the best people. If your ad is full of you must, you must, then it's typically going to be the people applying that really don't have as many other options. If you want the best of the best, go bring them in. They're not necessarily looking for you. You have to seek them out if you're looking for a top performer. Tell them the value that you provide and then seek value that they can provide so that it's a it's an exchange of value. I love it. That's the way to do it. Value exchange is the key. So I want to thank you guys for being on the Become the Leader podcast today. Please consider sharing this with a friend. Love it if you give us a rating. Feel free to reach out to us and ask us any questions you want about business or how we can help you. If you come up with a topic idea that you go, man, we're facing this problem in business and we'd like for the problem to go away, we would love to hear about it. We'll do the research. We'll put it together, kind of help you figure it out. Uh, I think next week our plan is we're going to talk about the keys to developing the potential of your people. So make sure you tune back in next week for how to develop the potential of your teams. I'm Jody Holland. And I'm Megan Slaughter. And we'll see you on the next podcast.